Hello, everybody. Thank you for coming back for another great interview. I am going to be talking today with a dear, dear friend. Her name is Anne Louise Gittleman, and you probably know her name really well because she's been around. Actually, she's a true pioneer, and many of the things that people do today, a lot of you know experts in there, and also they're standing on Anne Louise's shoulder. I adore her because talking to her, I, I, I do know a lot. I've been studying stuff for a long time, but yeah. I have never, never, ever had a conversation with her where I didn't learn something. She's just a fascinating person. So when she told me she has a brand new book out, I thought, great, because, you know, please send it to me. So I got a copy. And I'm so impressed with the information. And as usual, it's very detailed. It gives you more information than you'll get probably from anything else. So welcome, Anne Louise. Um, I don't think I'll even spend time introducing you because, you know, reading your bio and all, because I want to get right into this interview and give people this great information. So thank you. Thank you, Donna. You know, I adore you. It's very mutual. Well, I feel real honored to have you as a friend. And I wanted to mention to people that you have sort of a brand going on where you, the new book's called Radical Longevity, but you have radical other books too. Can you tell everybody what the other books are in the series? Well, the first book, Donna, was called Radical Metabolism. And that was a big hit, thankfully, because people have a slow down metabolism as they age, things go south. And I decided to really take on the whole concept of Saging, I don't call it aging, I call it saging. As we get older, we can grow better. So it's not just about weight loss, but it's really circumventing Alzheimer's, circumventing heart disease, osteoporosis, and all the diseases of aging that are so prevalent and so up in our face as we grow older and grow better. So I took all this on. I've given you protocols. I give you my experience. I studied with a 106-year-old woman who died at the age of 106, and I have a lot of secrets that you won't get elsewhere. So Radical Longevity is kind of my testimony to the Grand Dom of Nutrition, my mentor of many years. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, you said something important, because I agree with you that as we get older, we get better. There's no question I'm not making all the dumb mistakes I made when I was young which now, you know, eventually as you get older and you get closer to dying, you start really feeling sorry that you made the mistakes, but it is how we learn. And it's kind of part of life on this planet. But, um, but the thing is, is for a lot of people, not us, fortunately, because we've really done the work to, you know, find out how can we uh, age? Cause that's inevitable, but how can we age better? than everybody else is doing. And, I, you know, aging for most people is a painful process. I remember when I was about seven or eight years old, we had a family reunion and my aunt, great aunt, actually rolled my grandmother, great grandmother, her mother into the dining room where I was in a wheelchair. And I looked over at her. I didn't see her very often because she didn't really walk very well and she wasn't very active, but, you know, she had the white, pure white hair very, very thin. You could see through it, her hair to her scalp, spots all over her big, big floppy muscles and very swollen legs. So that's why she couldn't walk. And I remember looking at her and thinking, is this what God has planned for us? 
like, are we supposed to be young and healthy and vibrant and start life, you know, and with a lot of energy. And then we have to be like that before we go out. And I decided right then and there that if there was another way out, I was, I would find it. And I've actually spent my whole life looking for clues. So I'd like for you to take over this point at this point, I have lots of questions actually, and tell me, you know, if that's the same for you, like, you know, what got you to focus on anti-aging and don't you agree that there's many pain points? Like for example, the baby boomers, there's a ton of us. We don't want to wear diapers, uh, lose our mind so that we don't know our kids anymore. Um, so what have you been learning and what motivated you to write this book so that people would realize we don't have to go there? Well, it's because the teacher that was my mentor and taught me all the secrets of uh, health, Dr. Parcells, started teaching me when she was 84 years young, Donna. I walked into her classroom in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was 25 years old. An 84-year-old woman was standing there from seven in the morning till nine at night, didn't take a break, didn't even stop for lunch. And I thought to myself, this is what aging should be about. So I had a very positive overview of what aging could look like in my latter years. She died at the ripe young age of 106 with all of her senses intact. Quite frankly, I think she died of a broken heart, not from the diseases of aging. And I then decided that I would do the same until 120, not just 106, but I think we should expand our youth span until 120. And so all the secrets that I learned from her that have never been revealed before are revealed in radical longevity. And I want to share them with everybody because we're losing a lot of our cohorts, our associates, our friends way too, way, way too young. And I think they're just missing some of the clues, as you say, that are really hiding in plain sight. So all those clues, the pain points, what you need to look at, what you need to put a magnifying glass is all outlined in the book in my seven radical rules. Seven radical rules. Can you go into some of those? Because by the way, I want to tell everybody listening that just the chapter on what you need to do in your kitchen is worth three times the price of the book. So it's, every chapter is amazing. So can okay. you take over from there? Well, as I recall, the first radical rule is immunity is everything. And we're certainly coming out of a pandemic, God willing, when we know how important the immune system is. And so I identify the most important nutrients, as we all know, which are the vitamin C, vitamin D, quercetin, melatonin to help you sleep at night. And also, I think it's very important to have a lot of humidity in the air so that your nasal membranes don't dry out. That's one of the ways that we prevent against getting virus infection. So I give you very practical rules, amounts, what you have to look for in a blood test, what the most bioabsorbable source of your vitamins and minerals are, and what the levels of norm are if you do happen to get a blood test. So that's number one. Number two, and I know you and I can talk about this till the cows come home, is you have to take on the toxic load. Because my explanation of aging is really a monumental accumulation of a lifetime of toxicity and deficiencies. But if you address every single one of those toxicities and deficiencies, you're much better off and have a healthier lifestyle as you expand your health regimen. I mean, can, can I add a little bit of something sorry to interrupt you but I think you know a lot of people are beginning to learn about genes and what they don't realize is that our DNA is damaged 
completely by certain things, including toxins. So that's aging. DNA damage is aging. DNA damage is cancer. Um, I like for people that have that thought in their mind, the DNA gets damaged. And the DNA gets damaged by two particular, I call them misbehaving minerals and nobody is really identified. Number one is iron and number two is copper, the wrong kind of copper. And that was what was so enlightening about my book. Before I started writing the book, I was approached by a copper researcher who thought, who told me that he wanted me to do a double blind study with some of my patients on copper because I've written about it in other aspects. He firmly believes, this is Dr. George Brewer of the University of Michigan, that people get Alzheimer's because of a buildup of copper, which exacerbates the beta amyloid plaque in the brain. It actually contributes to the neurofibrillary tangles. And if you simply avoid copper in supplements, this is a, this is a gem, copper in your vitamin and mineral supplements, which is synthetic or divalent copper, and get a copper water filtration blocker on your water system, your water filtration system in the house, you can prevent Alzheimer's. That to me was the, was worth writing a new book about. So I rewrote my book to incorporate all that because of the copper connection and of course the iron connection. So wait, wait, wait. Remember years ago, and this is, I've told you this before, my all-time favorite book for a while there was your book on why am I so tired? It was about copper. Can you tell, just sort of interject that a little bit about that? Well, what I want to interject is I didn't have the whole story back then, so I'm so glad that you brought it up. I didn't know that there were two different kinds of copper. There's a good kind of copper that you actually need for your enzymes in your body. They're actually very anti-aging. So getting copper in its organic food form is something that we should all strive for. So that means eating a sufficient amount of nuts and seeds and chocolate and avocados on a daily basis is wonderful. Even your organ meats are very high in copper. That's food-based copper that your body can metabolize, that your liver can tolerate. But there's another kind of copper, which is the inorganic or divalent copper that you're getting from synthetic vitamins and minerals that have copper added as a nutritional mineral. And you're getting it from the water filtration system because it's coming through copper pipes. That is the copper that is not going through your metabolism process or the metabolic process in the liver, but it's going straight to the brain and, and is apparently very connected to the rise in Alzheimer's. Okay, well, let's get back to those special things that we are supposed to be doing, um, getting rid of toxins is one of them. And Oh, there's so much to say about this topic completely. Like what, what is the most important thing you want people to know so that they age well? I want them to give blood. <laughs> For the iron. I want them to donate blood. I want them to reduce their iron loads. As men and women get older, you start to stockpile iron, which is very conducive to all kinds of diseases, including Alzheimer's, ALS, Parkinson's, and diseases of the liver. Not to mention all those black spots and brown spots that you saw in your great-grandmother's hands. That's iron? That's iron. That is, a, that is junk iron that's coming out of the skin. So making mm -hmm. sure that on a monthly, not even a monthly basis, on a yearly basis, you can do this monthly if you have a real problem, you make sure that you go to the doctor and get a ferritin blood test. Most doctors do not order a ferritin, which is a stored iron blood test. They order everything else, but you want to make sure that your iron is 50 to 70 NG slash DL. 
because anything over 100 means that you're starting to stockpile iron and it's stockpiling in your tissues and your skin and your liver and your brain and it is making you older before your years. So getting rid of iron is the most important thing you can do for your heart, your brain, your liver, your skin. And it's the reason that so many men at the age of 40 start to evidence heart disease four times more than women. It's because women are menstruating in their 40s, men are not. So when women stop menstruating, they start stockpiling iron and their heart disease rates and other disease rates are just about equal to that of the men. So that means- and, and there's some genes too. You could inherit genes to make you um, really, really accumulate iron and you can test for that. And then those people have to be super mindful to get rid of iron, even at a pretty young age. And, and my understanding is that fatigue, extreme fatigue, could be a clue, an important clue that you've accumulated iron. Yes, the symptoms of iron deficiency are very similar to the symptoms of iron excess. And the way that you know that is through doing one of these ferritin blood tests. And of course, the hemochromatosis gene or a variety of that type of a gene is very prevalent, not just among people of a certain ancestry, but it's very prevalent, period. So knowing that will give you a clue, but taking that ferritin blood test, I think is essential. So you want to get between 50 and 70. That's the sweet spot. Anything starting to go over that means that you're stockpiling possible disease triggers that could be evidencing in disease as you get older. Well, you know, I was taking all these notes because I was really excited about today talking to you. And I'm really, really amazed that you brought this book out. I mean, it's truly excellent. And so thorough, but you've always amazed me anyway. Like you have 28 books or something, some on the New York Times bestseller list. I don't know how you do it, but I'm very impressed. But anyway, I was taking notes and I wrote down, okay, diet, as far as anti-aging, diet's really critical. Exercise is really critical. You got to keep moving. Uh, stress is super, super critical. That's really aging to be under stress all the time but also sleep. And as people get older, they don't digest their food. Uh, they don't have a lot of energy. So they're stopped moving. And as far as sleep goes, they're not sleeping. So can you sort of speak to that? Because I think those are really basic things that people are struggling with. Well, I think that what's happening in this day and time that all of those things start to converge and become a perfect storm, Donna. But I have to bring in the EMF connection with sleep. I think we're sleeping less. We're getting up at three and four and sometimes waking up intermittently every two hours because of the onslaughts of EMF. So one of the most important things you can do, especially as you get older, where you still need to get six to eight hours of sleep. Some people say seven to eight hours is that you need to unplug all of the EMF devices at night and making sure that you're that your router is unplugged and disabled in terms of the Wi-Fi. I think it's important to have a sleeping sanctuary where there are no electronics in your bedroom, which should, again, be a sanctuary. So that's number one. Number two, if you can ground yourself at night, I wear a grounding wristband. That's important to kind of tamp down some of the free radical accumulation over the day, and then you're flooding your body with all the healing electrons. That, to me, is essential. And then probably number three is taking a little melatonin. I think it's exceedingly important and maybe some bioidentical progesterone before you go to bed. So there are all kinds of things that you can do, but sleep is essential to triggering adult stem cells. So anything that you do has to include healthy, healthy sleep environment and getting rid of the exposure of daily EMFs that we're all exposed to like a toxic soup. 
You know, I just want to share a little something uh, because I like to look at genes and my own genes. I found out that as far as that, as far as melatonin goes, the pathway that ends up making melatonin is the pathway that goes from tryptophan and 5-HTP serotonin and so on. And there's genes along the way that keep converting those molecules finally down into melatonin. Well, I have uh, variants in the one gene, AANAT, so I'm not converting my serotonin into melatonin. So I would take melatonin thinking, of course, that's a logical thing to do. And then, um, but then I have really bad dreams. So I learned to go upstream and actually take tryptophan and even 5-HTP kind of sort of increase those molecules and sort of push that pathway down to make more serotonin, uh, melatonin naturally. So um, some people can definitely thrive on just melatonin and some people have bad dreams with it. Uh, that's just my experience, but yes, sleep yeah. is critical. Sleep is critical. I'm, I think I may have the same genealogy as you do because I need to get real tryptophan. I don't do well with the 5-HTP. But, you know, despite all that, you just have to try and see what works. But dislodging and disabling the Wi-Fi is one environmental assault that's good for all of us because your body has ex is very exquisitely sensitive to any level of, of uh, EMFs. Mm -hmm. So whether that's the Fitbit watch that people wear, whether it's the cell phone that you're sleeping next to, you've got to reduce the blue light and the exposure to the EMFs in total. And the best way to do that is to ground yourself and disable before you go to bed. Well, tell people how to ground themselves, please. Well, I get, I get a grounding wristband that I get from earthing.com. And it's a, it's a wristband that enables me to ground through the electrical ground. I don't have to go outside, but it's through the electrical outlet. And then I'm asleep in about 10 minutes with very, very deep sleep and wonderful dreams. I do not have bad dreams, but I dream consistently throughout the night. And it doesn't happen unless I'm grounded. We live in a lovely area of Idaho, so I'm not concerned about the grounding energies outside. I don't think there are, there's any dirty electricity in the surrounding area that we live in. But I think it's a very important aspect when people go traveling and they're in different hotels that they actually get one of those grounding wristbands. It gives you the best grounding of anything that I found. There are grounding sheets and grounding pads, but the wristband is the most effective according to the earthing developer doctor, or he's not a doctor, but he should be. That's Clint Ober, who's a dear friend. Mm -hmm. So that's his site, the earthing site. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, um, I love the chapter on great skin. Now, any woman listening to this, by the way, you don't start focusing on aging when you're 70s. Like me, you start young. You want to, 20s and 30s is not too soon to start aging. And, and so how your skin looks as you get older is really uh, you can, you have a lot of um, control over that. So can, I love the chapter on beautiful skin. Can you talk well, about that? <laughs> I think your skin is a second liver. What's going on in the liver is going to come out in your skin and your skin is also a third brain. So whatever we see on the skin is what's going on in the brain. I think it's very important that people learn to take internal supplements that act as internal sunscreens. I do not use any sunscreen out there. I use a lot of sulforaphane. Are you familiar with the activated sulforaphanes? Sure. And people, well, you tell people it's, you've got to have the two ends. You've got to have the myrosities. Yes. You want to run with that? 
you, you need to have it activated. So whatever is in the broccoli, in this, in this case, it's the broccoli seed extract can actually transform into real sulforaphane in the body. So I talk about the importance of getting active sulforaphane in these particular supplements that act as internal sunscreens. And I talk about the importance of omega-6s, Donna, that nobody out there is giving the due respect to. I'm not talking about adulterated commercial vegetable oils. I'm talking about the raw pumpkin seed oil. I'm talking about pine nut oil. I'm talking about hemp seed oil. Two tablespoons a day can chase away eczema and psoriasis and any other kind of skin problem that you might have. The they have forage and evening primroses and omega-6. They're, botan they're botanical uh, substances as well that are quite excellent, one to two grams a day. But I find that it's very excellent for the skin. I got involved with nutrition because of very sensitive skin. So anything good for the inside is good for the outside. You want to stay away from sugars. You want to make sure you have good digestive enzymes, but the omega-6s are very important for the structure of the cell membrane. So go to the sixes, good for sex and good for skin. <laughs> Let's talk about sex. That's a good one. Because again, people think that women, maybe men too, but they're probably both, don't have a desire for sex when they get into their 70s and 80s. And that's just simply not true. So I love it that in the book, you even talk about that. It's so thorough. But can you run with sex? Well, there's lots of natural herbs and homeopathics that people can use as well as bioidentical hormones if you want to go that route, which is a little trickier to, to really monitor and to direct. But I think it's very important that people understand that the healthiest people in the world are having active sex lives into their 70s, 80s, and 90s. So it's definitely a possibility not just a, a pipe dream. One of the best supplements that I found during my research is niacin. Can you believe it? No, I'm not surprised. I have a whole book on niacin. It's an amazing B vitamin. Amazing. Amazing. And so we find that a certain amount of niacin taken before intimacy is very important to have a, a heightened expression of that intimacy. So that's, that's really cool. I say, I always learn something from you. That's really useful. Thank you. I'm not going to give you the amount or nor any other ex explanation. You have to buy the book and look in the sex chapter, the hormone chapter. And I also find that there's the natural tribulus is very important for natural testosterone. And both men and women need testosterone for their brains, for their muscles, and for their sex drive. But the niacin was the biggest tip of all. And it was so exciting to read this information. I had to put it in the book. So I'm so glad you asked about it. Yeah, well, people, no matter what. I mean, I think relationships stay together when people are still making love and still just have that desire for each other. So well, you we might think it's like superfluous, but it's actually really, really important. And the hormones are critical. You've got to keep your hormones uh, at a healthy, youthful level. And there's also a lot of misinformation on use of bioidentical hormones. And you cover, cover that in the book too. You've got to get this. the concept here with bioidentical hormones. It's, it's, an, it's a, an investment in yourself and your time. And certainly it's a, it's a monetary investment. You really have to test yourself every two to three months. One dose doesn't last for the whole year because things start changing. So whether you're taking a bias kind of formula, whether you're using a vaginal suppository if you're a female, whether you're taking a progesterone internally, you've got to monitor the levels because things will change. Do you tell people uh, to, to get, I mean, do you recommend the Dutch test uh, that has metabolites or are you okay with blood or saliva? 
protesting. I'm, I'm okay with it. With what anybody can afford to do every two to three months is what I like. Mm-hmm. I make. I'm, I, I don't really recommend any any or all of the above, but I think it's important that, that people get monitored and get watched over by a competent nurse practitioner, nutritionist, or even enlightened functional medicine doctor. I think you need to you need to watch what you're doing because estrogen is estrogen is estrogen. Well, you know, years ago, um, there was a lot of uh, bad press that came out about women shouldn't be taking it, but they were taking the wrong form. And yes. when I was going through my advanced fellowship through A4M from Dr. Pamela Smith, I took a ton of hormone stuff because uh, I realized diet can do so much, but these hormones are really important. So I started focusing on that next, but in learning, but I remember her saying, if a woman, once once women start to get a decline in their estrogen, they start to lose brain cells and they don't recover them. So it's, you want to start monitoring, you know, early in life. You don't want to wait until you're 70 or 80. If you're listening to this and you're 40, find out, or even if you're 25 or 30, get, you know, your youthful levels, you know, so that you know what is right for you and then watch for that as you grow old. Well, I know that you have another interview after this and I thank you for squeezing me in, but can you kind of like, what would you want to say besides of course to tell everybody to buy the book? Cause I, I'm going to say that please buy this book. Well, we have a diet in the book. We have a five day reset, which is important. I introduce a lot of the staples that have been so successful in any of my previous books and I've written 35 of them. So I know what has worked for people. We have a great respect for the cranberry because it's so healthy in terms of getting rid of cellulite, getting rid of bodily waste, very important in terms of pH. And we use that in a cranberry elixir and in our morning blaster. So I'm utilizing all the staples that have come to be known as the first lady of nutrition dietary staples in my radical books and fat flush, which was my original claim to fame. I wrote 18 books before that became an overnight, before I became an overnight success, but that was our biggest selling book. And it was the cranberry, which really made that, that, that program so outstanding. What, what about pomegranate? I, I love no, pomegranate. I, no, no, it doesn't work the way cranberry does. It's higher in sugars, number one. And cranberry has a pH factor, which is very essential for not just metabolism for not just the acidity of the cells, but it actually decongests the lymph. There's a lymphatic connection with the cranberry. It was one of the secrets that Dr. Parcells Donna handed down to me. It was the secret of the cranberry. So that's the focus. That's the focus of the book. The importance of intermittent fasting, the bioenergetic supplements you can take if you want to take longevity to another more advanced level. We talk about redox signaling molecules. We talk about the best types of tests to take for your genes, which I know that's something that you're now specializing in and offer. And we talk about how important it is to be grateful on a daily basis. And you are not what you think, but you are what you speak. So saying affirmational things, making sure that you have meaningful conduct and meaningful contact in your life is exceedingly helpful, as well as daily exercise and daily movement to move the limbs and making sure that you're as independent as possible, as late as possible in your life. And all of it is, all of it is not just possible, it's plausible if you start taking steps now. So you got to look at yourself. You got to look at aging the way you look at every other kind of challenge or condition in your life. You got to find the underlying causes of why you're not feeling well and deal with them. Things don't go away by themselves once you reach the age of 60. 
Well, I also want to mention that you have other things people probably know nothing about, like peptides, for example, which are can be wonderful tools. Stem cells. This is a book you have to know if you uh, read if you want to know this stuff. So I know you have to go. Thank you so much for being my friend. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for joining this podcast. You're really a gift to this planet. So thank you. And so are you. Lots of love, Donna. Ditto.